It's the iFanboy.com Pick the Week podcast, episode 75, sponsored by ComicHole.com. Really? 75? That's a lot. Hey, and welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. It's 75 episodes. It's done. Weren't we, supposed to, weren't we supposed to do something on, on an episode like this? Stop. Just, you know what? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am Josh, and I'm here with Ron. Hey. And Connor. Hello. And uh, it's iFanboy.com, which you probably know means uh, is about comic books, because we like to read them. So uh, every week we read a whole bunch of them, then one of us will pick the one that we liked best. That's all. That's the that's the whole that's the whole shtick. We pick the one we like best, and then we do a review on the website, and then we talk about it here on the podcast once a week. Um, before we get going, we like to uh, warn the people: if you're new, we're going to talk about the books that happened uh, and the details therein. So, uh, if you haven't read your books yet, this you shouldn't listen now. You should come back and listen after you've read them. It will be much more enjoyable. So, uh, we got a lot to get to. So, Ron, yeah, you. Me. So, um, bring it. So I was kind of excited about this week because when I looked at the shipping list on Monday, I didn't have a lot of books. I had like five or six books. And I was like, nice, nice late week. Yet when I looked again on Wednesday, I had like ten books. I don't know how that happened. That happened to me too. Yeah, it was very odd. But, um, but interestingly enough, you know, the majority of the books I read were all really, really good. Um, and as I whittled down through my, through my pile, um, I net, you know, I was kind of, Having a tough time once again figuring out which book to read, and I really had to go with Avengers: The Initiative number one. And personally, I tend to have a bit of a uh, bias against going with number one issues because I feel it's kind of like it's easy to pick a number one because there's so much energy behind it. And it's like blah, you know, like I, I I like to pay attention to like number you know 37 or something like that, you know, because that that is the real telltale quality of a book of an ongoing series. But every now and then, these number one books come and they just kind of blow you away. And um, basically, to give the background of it is that for you know, if you're living in a hole and you don't know what happened in, Mar- in the Marvel universe, is the Civil War has come and gone. Um, now, isn't knowing what happened in the Marvel universe actually like living in a hole? Really? Poss- possibly, <laughs> I could see that. Um, so <laughs> anyway, so the um, so what has happened now is that Iron Man side is one, and now all superheroes need to be registered. And if they're not there, um, they are are they villains or are they just unlawful superheroes? They're like, criminals. Yes, yeah, so Luke Cage is a villain. No, there's a difference between a criminal and a villain, huh? Yes. Is this semantics I'm talking yes. about? Yes, okay. they're criminals sort of, but not but, villains. Okay. But in the eyes of the law, they are right. they are criminals, just right. like a villain is a criminal. So you yeah. can be, I guess, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so um. And conversely, Iron Man and his squad are going about training new superheroes, and um, and this book is really focused on that idea of taking in new superheroes and training them. Um, we find out that they've built a training facility on the grounds of the Stanford disaster in Stanford, Connecticut, where the school blew up. That's a good um, idea. Which is which is a great idea. And I didn't mean that seriously. I meant that. Oh no! Ironically. Thought, oh yeah, I thought it was a good idea. I don't know. I thought it was. I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind. It's hollowed ground, don't you think? Yeah. Well, no, it's not hollow. They put a pavement down. Uh-huh. I see what uh, you're saying. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying too. But I mean, what do you want a big tower? Oh, I just got that, political. That's never going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, um, so um, so and in this book, we're introduced to the the concept of new superheroes being introduced with powers, and then getting you know kind of recruited and brought to the facility and going through and beginning their training. Um, it was written by Dan Slott, 
And it was the art is by um, a guy with a great name, Caselli. Uh, yeah, Steph, uh, Steph, Steph, Stefano Caselli. Stefano Caselli. I'm Italian. I should be able to say that. Anyway, um, <laughs> so um, and Dan Slott, For those of you who, who aren't familiar with his work, previously he's um, he's done some work for for DC. He did uh, Arkham Asylum, I believe, right? Something yes, like he did Aqua yeah. Asylum miniseries. Yeah. yeah, and he's done the majority of his work with Marvel. Um, he started. Everybody knows his story of starting out as a Marvel intern, and he's got this reputation of being a real kind of Marvel, Marvel history, and just kind of the original kind of Marvel, you know, the Fantastic Four, you know, Avengers kind of side of things, the straight laced Marvel universe. And the first work he did as a writer was like cartoon books, like you know, like yeah. silly. I forget yeah. exactly which ones, but they were like the property books that were like cart- like Smurfs and stuff. Right. But um, actually, I think it was like Ren and Stimpy and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. things yeah. like that. But either way, there was like more kids' material, and right. so I think that he had a longer time breaking into this kind of stuff. Yeah, and most recently, he's been he's gotten popularity by his run on the Thing, which was very short and got canceled very quickly. Even though there, was, there seemed to be a lot of loyal fans, although the sales didn't match that. Well, um, the people who loved it really, really loved it. It was a cult right, thing, I think. Right. And um, he did some work on the uh, what I what I enjoyed another take on the Great Lakes Avengers, which is always fun. <laughs> and um, he's been he's got an ongoing right now with She Hulk, which has been really good too. But all of his books that he's done up to this point have been kind of oh, whimsical, maybe kind of jokey. Fu- fun, jokey. I mean, like they're they're steeped in the superhero universe, but they've been a little wacky at times. And there's just kind of this thread of humor. So knowing that this was, I would guessing that this is supposed to be a serious book, I was not too sure how he would do. Um, and he and he he brought the goods. He he wrote I, a serious superhero book. I did, I did, I wasn't gonna buy this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I, I hadn't I hadn't planned to. And literally, because because listen, I like him. We you know I you know we did the interview with him and everything. And I, he was a, he was a cool guy and he was really nice. But I didn't I didn't really connect with his work ever. And I'm standing in line and I look to my right and it's like on an end cap. And I just kind of was like flip through it. And for some reason, I just decided to buy it on a whim. And I'm I was so pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I mean, and and basically the why why this reached out at me is because it really touched on that um, a little bit of that, uh, and I mentioned it in the review on ifanboy.com if you want to go there and check it out to read it under the pick of the week. Um, it had a little bit of the feeling of the you know we've talked about this in the past the Avengers unveiling their new lineup and that kind of that energy behind a new team, but it also had a touch of the young X Men joining the mansion, joining you know being trained kind of new X Men kind of feel to it because we've got these recruits and in a very short period of time we're introduced to a handful of characters who I've never seen before who I believe are new for this issue like there there might be some people I think they're all new all you yeah. got to create yeah. a bunch of characters and new yeah, superheroes that doesn't happen all and that then, often and then at the same time as he created them he, in this first issue. Again, a concept that I love, shit happens. Stuff went down by the end of the issue, and it ends on a great cliffhanger. Um, basically, we're introduced to this character who could potentially be the next Captain America in terms of his powers and his natural ability. And here's the big spoiler. He, he gets killed in a training session. And what it, for somehow, somehow Slot was able to write it in a way that really made me care about the character. He, he did, and, and he'd yeah. only shown up a couple of pages beforehand. Yeah. And maybe it's like we missed Captain America or whatever, but I was like, yeah. ooh, look, he's... He's yeah. like I think they said that for he was the only he's the fastest time that any non superhuman did or no non speedster or something. Yeah, I, don't, but it, I immediately liked him for some yeah. reason. Well, one thing Slot did well with this book was he made almost all the new characters seem real. You cared yeah. about them by the end of the book. I didn't buy it. I don't I don't plan to buy it, but I did uh, read Ron's copy. No, that's okay. That's good enough. That's close <laughs> enough. But um, he yeah he he created some great characters who who I was able to connect with and now I can't wait to see the next issue and at the same time though 
um, as he said in when we interviewed him for the video show um, a couple episodes back, um, it really got the feeling of you know the kind of camera lens. If you move left and right, you see people from the Marvel universe, and there was a ton of Marvel characters. Triathlon, you know, yeah, the triathlon. <laughs> but but I was psyched to see Justice or you know Vance Astrovic from the New Warriors. He was in it prominently. War Machine, you know, my, Hank Pym is Yellow Jacket, who was fantastic, and you know, and <laughs> um, and um, Henry Peter Gyrich or Henry David Gyrich, Henry Peter Gyrich, yeah, that's Peter. it. The uh, the Gyrich dude who is always you know the, the, the shouldn't fun, you know. Yeah, I know the names, names. I guy rich. That's all you need to know is guy rich. But um, um, I, I, my, my, I think the test for me will be if these characters actually stick. Yeah. Well, that's know? the question because this is supposed to be the one about all of the different states having teams. Right. right. So if they stick with this one team, or maybe well, these- it, could, it, it could be almost like an approach like Brewbreaker's doing a criminal, where we get like four or five issues about this this team training in Stanford, and then we switch to the Utah team. Or maybe like yeah. this doesn't become a team like these people all get spread out. So one goes yeah. to Wyoming and one goes to North Carolina and one goes to Florida, you know. And then you follow them individually as more people come around them. I mean, it's at this pace though. It's going to take a long time to cover a lot of ground. Which yeah, is, I'm curious what the plans are. Originally, this was supposed to be a mini, and it got changed to an extended extended series. So it, it should be able to go on indefinitely. Yeah, it should if done well, and hopefully people will buy it because, like I said, well, you know, it'll go on until whenever they decide to change back the whole and repeal the whole superhero registration act. <laughs> right after Captain America comes back, right? Right. So yeah, you know yeah, it, they've yeah. got a year or two out of this, and then they'll, yeah. they'll go back. It'll be good. Oh wow! The, the, listen to the pessimist. So um, so yeah, I mean, Avengers Initiative number one, it 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 grabbed me, and so I'm definitely hooked on for the ride, and we'll see how it goes. I'm really glad I picked it up. Yeah. Um. So, but the, the the close second behind it for a similar a similar reasoning um, was Justice League of America number seven. Um, and Connor, I assume you, you know, I assume you are you still with us on this book? Or? Yeah, and I liked it when I read it, but then I like it less and less as time goes on. <laughs> this particular issue? Yes. Really? Why? What happened? Yeah, it was a little too sappy. Uh, there was a little bit too much of the. Um, uh, in a similar vein of the, 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 too much Red Tornado love, this time there was just too much love overall. Like the, of whole, the Justice League, it was yeah, yeah it was a little that, too yeah. much. Um, well, well, what what happened in the book? Well, well, basically, um, this this is almost like a first issue. It was it was the team. Finally, after seven issues, now we've got a team, which was yeah. a team we've had for the first six issues, um, but now they're just official. I almost feel I almost feel like the first six issues were like the mini series, and then right. this is the first issue this of the ongoing. ongoing. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, so. I just feel like he had that that red tornado story stuck in his head that he wanted to tell about turning. Why couldn't that have been the second human. story though? You know what I mean? Like no, I, yeah, I don't know. It, I don't that know. was a poor, poor leader. I liked a lot of it. I liked the idea that um, that Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman decided they they, they were going to take a step back and let the other people decide the team because you know it's not always all about them. And I liked the idea. Uh, I liked the whole red red arrow change. I liked Green Arrow's reaction to it. And I liked the Hal Jordan Black Canary interaction with it. I thought that was the best part of the book. Yeah, I think um, I think Meltzer writing Red Arrow or Arsenal or whatever is possibly the best writing of that character I've seen in years. Well, I I groaned heavily at the Hall of Justice. Yeah, I did too. I did. Too. I, did I did too. Big time. That's when I went. Oh, see, that's yeah. my problem with the book. It's just it's it's too throwbacky. I yeah. did. I flipped the page and I was like, no, this is not the direction we need to go in. Yeah, yeah. this is this is the wrong way. Um, I hear next issue they're going to introduce Marvin. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't be surprised. And Gleek. <laughs> Actually, Marvin was in the Teen Titans a few like last. Oh, year. was he? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, 
but I'm going to stay with it because I'm looking forward to the Justice League, Justice Society crossover, and uh, those are always good. Plus, um, boy, that's Jeff Johns be writing it, so that's more characters than anyone knows what to do with. <laughs> that's a but, lot of people. <laughs> I was really enthused about it at the beginning because just because it was so much better than the Red Tornado storyline. But then, you know, the, the more groaning, groan-inducing elements sort of pop out in my head the more I think about it, and yeah. it's just overall the tone is just not not what I want to have, especially. I think what doesn't help is that I'm currently rereading the Grant Morrison run in trades that I all, that I bought. Um, hmm. You just I want bought, to live in the you want to live in the past. Well, that's that was the way they to do it, and it hasn't been done well since Grant Morrison left. Yeah. Um, got, in this, I really liked sections of it. Yeah, pieces are good. Pieces overall, of it were really good, but overall, like, I mean, the first three issues or four issues were the team coming together, and while this was fun on its own, like we did this already. Yeah, well, this this, yeah. this whole issue was basically what happened in the first six issues, minus the whole Red Tornado, you know, yeah. uh, Solomon Grundy aspect of it. So it's like we, we gathered the team together for a really long time, and then to finish it up, let's gather the team together. And, it, I mean, it also the the the, state, the printing error in this book really yeah, threw me off. Yeah, that, that did throw me off big time. There was a printing error, and, one of the, and some of the pages were printed out of order, and it was really confusing. <laughs> that That's a good way to confuse your readers. It's like, yeah, here. This well, book's not pre- confusing enough as it is now we're going to mix <laughs> Now we're just gonna fuck with you and put the pages all out of order. <laughs> my, you, know my, you know what's bad is that is that from the reaction we've been reading is a lot of people did not even notice, and that's how bad. <laughs> that's how confusing the first six issues were. I'll be honest with you, I kind of glossed over it. <laughs> I went back I, and forth for a and moment. I couldn't tell if it was badly written or if it was a mistake. Yeah, for a moment I kind of went, huh, and then I said, eh, shrugged and moved on. I liked the fold-out page. Yeah, um, that was actually some good work from Ed Bennett, and I liked the old the old teams in the background, but. Yeah. Overall, it's just it's something is not right, and I think it's just the fact that it's too old school. What's the deal with Geoforce? Where did he come from, and why do I care? He's been around forever. Yeah. I know that, he but was, why why is he part of this now? Because he loves Geoforce, the Red Tornado, and that whole era of just just a speed. Oh, Meltzer, yeah. that is loves it. Yes, Meltzer. You know who I do like a lot, and I I hope they use more is uh, is uh, Black Lightning. They've taken yeah. a character who could be horrible, yeah, and and really sort of he's. I don't know. I find him interesting. I think he seems to me like he's written to be sort of the leader of the team, which is well, Black Canary is the leader. Yeah, they elected yeah. her as the chairman. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's true. <laughs> but I don't know anything. I mean, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Which makes sense. Really. Black Canary is the original found, you know, the founder of the team. Yeah, and she was the leader. She was like the field leader for Birds of Prey for a long time too. Right. Right. As I, don't I know, learned just, in the backup story in '52. It just doesn't. <laughs> it just doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't resonate. You know what? I think there. I feel like I feel like we've we've wasted a lot of time. Yeah, Getting totally. to where we are, and now the next issue is going to be okay. You've got the team; they're all together. You got to go do something with them. Tell a story about them. Seven well, months is way too long to have nothing happen. So Eight, now here's yeah, the zero. So yeah. now here's the question, though: Is that jumping right into a JSA crossover the right thing to do? Yeah, why not? Oh my <laughs> God! You know what? Issue zero came out when we were in the San Diego Con. That was last July. July. Yeah. Nothing has happened since last July in this book. Oh God, that's so stupid. That's bad. But no, I'm, I I think this is going to be fun. The JSA JLA crossover. If it's not fun, here's my pledge to you. Here's my pledge. Okay. If pledge it's not you. if it's not fun, I'll drop it. Wow, that's bold. Yeah. Yeah, but fun is such a subjective thing. You'd be like, well, that was kind of fun. 
No, if, 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 if it's anything like the first six issues, then forget no, it. No, Connor's fairly easy to read. If he likes it, he'll stick with it. No, he doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a lot of gray area. You and I can invent gray area, but Connor's pretty black and white with this stuff, especially with the Justice League. Yeah, I mean, like, the, like the thing is, like, I, I don't want to. I'm sound like I'm bitching about it. I did not enjoy reading it. I did. No, yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, I liked pages. I liked sections. I liked the scenes in it. You know, yeah. the stuff with um, what's her name, the Animal Man woman, Vixen. Vixen, whatever. I can't remember her name. She didn't. She didn't, she didn't fly with the birds in this issue, though. Was you know point. what? You know what? That's a good way to describe it. it, it in section and taken scene by scene. Yeah. They were good. There's nothing. There's no cohesiveness. Yeah. There's nothing that yeah. holds it together. I could see that. I, th- I think and there's I, too many things going on. And that stupid Hall of Justice. <laughs> if it didn't, uh, here's the question: If it didn't have the Hall of Justice, if it was just like a building, a new design, or something like that, would you have been better with it? Yeah, been a lot better. Because the Hall of Justice represents the whole direction they're going with the book. Yeah, it's a, it's a you know it's a metaphor for the whole. But they also have a satellite, though. Thank God, because I was <laughs> yeah. like, by the way, why would you put that in the middle of Washington D.C.? You're just asking for a bunch of supervillains to come blow up the Capitol. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it, like the Watchtower made sense. It was away from people. Yeah. Although yeah. they're trying to use this now, like this is a symbol. In addition to Justice great League and covers. Avengers, yeah, great covers actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Justice League covers were great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were really good, really clever. Um, this was also Joss Whedon week. Did you guys notice that? Yes. Yes. So um, we had Runaways number 25 and Buffy the Vampire Slayer number 2. Uh, which one do you want to start with? I mean, Buffy, the Vampire, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer I think was my pick of the week. It was really good. It was re- for, the, uh, for and for those of you to follow up on when Buffy Snapfire, wow, Buffy Snapfire, Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy I just mixed that all. <laughs> Bu- I'm happy. Buffy the Vampire Slayer number one Stanky came to out. Buffy. I bu- I bought it because I was curious, but I had said I had no idea what was going on, and we made a we asked a lot of people to tell me what was going on. And, and we a, got lot a lot of, of responses. We got a lot of responses. We got a lot of very generous people with DVDs, and so I wanted to personally thank everybody who wrote in. Um, I know we haven't gotten back to all of you yet, but we will. Uh, but needless to say, I think I'm getting learned on Buffy over the next couple of months. Yeah. Um, and especially after this issue, I'm okay with that. So this issue, I mean, I, I really had fun with the first issue, and it, and it was good, and it made me remember when I like used to like and watch Buffy. But um, this issue was a lot of fun. Yeah, this issue this, was really, really interesting and funny and, and exciting. This issue is bringing Dark Horse to the to the podcast, really, because yes. we don't really pay that much attention to Dark Horse. So. Which is well, unfortunate. Well, unless you, unless you read Star Wars comics, there's not really much. <laughs> no, they do more. Um, yeah, there was yeah, a no. Hellboy book in 2003. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it was, I mean, like, I still don't know who a lot of the people are. Right. Um, but I felt as if the, I, I, I understood what was happening. Yes, totally. Um, and, I'm, and I'm trying to not get hung up on the fact that I'm supposed to know who these people are, and I'm just going with it. Yeah, I think it's a good, that's a good attitude to take. I, I think in the first issue, there was a lot of confusion because you really are dropped into it. But now that you've had an issue to deal with that... You kind of know the world that they're in. You can you can go with it, even if you don't know all the details. Yeah, yeah. And he's such a good writer. He can he he can do that. And then and the dialogue was great. And this is really good. The dialogue this week. Yeah. Um, and I thought the art was a lot. <laughs> that guy's carving out a career for himself. I know. <laughs> I think I think this is the Whedon's guy gonna go is gonna go somewhere. <laughs> he's so slumming. Uh, <laughs> I know. He's only doing six issues. Mm-hmm. Right. And then. Uh, Brian he can't K. get a movie made to save his life. So. Is it Brian K. Vaughn and then Loeb is coming on after Vaughn, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So it was good. It was really good. Um, but uh, on the on the flip side of the coin, what did we think of the new direction of Runaways? Um, I, I was I was I don't I don't want to say I wasn't really expecting a lot, but I just sort of was like I don't know it'll be different or what. It was great. I really enjoyed this issue. Um, yeah. One thing that he did that I thought 
was he had the voices of everybody right yeah. away. Like I felt like he really had a handle on the characters. So all of that press and lip service for years about this being his favorite book and everything, I think rang true, which was neat. And then finally, the idea of having them team up more or less with the kingpin i was way to go bold with that that that's a that was a master stroke go, yeah, like was, he went yeah. big and you love that well because well, he's not afraid I, to go big that's it. I know mean, what, what i was about. curious about is what was he going to do to differentiate himself from differentiating different are you drunk i might be hammered um <laughs> what was he going to do to differentiate himself from what vaughn did and vaughn really got and what i think suffered in the last you know year or year and a half of of vaughn's run was that he got away from the whole villain aspect mm-hmm. and that was what made the first one so good was that their parents were villains and they wanted to be good and stuff like that and this really comes back to that it comes back to the core of what, what why this group is together mm-hmm. um and i thought that was not only was it bold but it was just it was like i i wouldn't have thought of it and that's why he gets a lot and i don't a killer angel character yeah. Is this someone who exists? No, I think it's, it's new. Yeah. I've, I've never seen him before. Okay. If he's not new, then color me surprised. And then, of course, at the very end, here's the spoiler, Frank shows up. Frank is the last page character in the Marvel <laughs> he's Universe. A, like, what he's are we going to do? I'm not really sure, but at the last page, Punisher. He's a great he's a great cliffhanger guy. He really is. But is he so. in a, I don't I'm not reading what's going on with Punisher right now. Is he in a position to be hanging out and doing this? Is he just... You know, I, don't think it all, I don't think it all counts. I don't care. You know, traditionally, the the issues of this um, that I've liked the best are the ones that had the least to do with the Marvel Universe. Yeah. When they got to New York in the the last volume and they were with Cloak and Dagger and the Avengers, I was like, I I didn't care. I didn't want that. I didn't want that. But it feels better with this for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, them being in New York, there's no – they can't avoid it. I mean that was what made it unique that it was in L.A. and it was separated from the world. And and it's going to be interesting to see now to bring them back and throw them into it what happens, especially when they're on the wrong side of the team. You know, so. Yes, I was excited. I thought the the art um, the art worked very well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you really like the art? This is Michael Ryan. He previously was on New New Excalibur, so I was I was curious how he was going to do, and I, and I actually thought that he was going to get a lot of shit for the art. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I thought it was good. I liked what he did in New Excalibur. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I liked it a lot. I, well, I mean, it wasn't the same, and I loved the artist before. Yeah. Um, what did you think, Ron? I liked it. I, I mean, I liked his work in New Excalibur, so I enjoyed it. I mean, no problem with it. I thought it was it was admirable. It didn't, but it didn't stand out as like, oh my god, amazing, you know. So, mm-hmm. but but the art now in this book never really has, you know. So, it fit. Mind. It has to fit though. It's I think it's yeah. like Bagley. Bagley's art doesn't blow you away; it just works. Doesn't blow you away. I like. Yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so I've never really like. I mean, I, I don't buy this again. I buy. I'm, I'm buying the digest. So I'm wait for the the digest to come out, but um. Uh, I was never really impressed with the art in Runaways. I, was, I always thought that was the worst part of the book. Hmm. Yeah. It's um, very, you know, Eastern-inspired. No, nah, I preferred Ramos as, as Cross. It was like manga-inspired, I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I see that. Really? Which yeah. one, the new guy? No, the, 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 older, the old artist. Oh, the old, oh, I thought I'm looking at the, uh, Michael Ryan. I no, 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 I mean it was it. previously. Yeah. And I thought that that fit because it felt like it felt like a forward-moving book. Like it, like it was like this is the next iteration of comic books. This is where it has to go. And because of that, I think it was very successful with people who don't normally read Marvel comics. Right. So, do you think it's taking a step back then now, given that? A little bit, in yeah. in that sense. Um, but it exists in the Marvel universe, so you know, why, well. why not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's you know it's recommended. I think you you know it's it was good. Obviously, the man yeah. writes good. He does. So, um, all right. So, what else came out this week? Iron Fist number four, which um, 
I came in late to the game on this book. I went back and got the back issues. Oh, did you? I didn't know you did that. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I didn't come until the second month of Iron Fist. I had to go back and buy the, the first issue. I guilted okay. him into it one day. Yeah, he guilted nice. him into his comics. Good work. Good work there. Um, I thought this was by far the worst issue. And I wanted really? to know if you guys, what you guys think of the series so far. I, I feel like it's getting too bogged down in the mythology, the backstory, and all the different Iron Fists, and I don't really care about that stuff, and I'm getting bored of it. Well, I think that that's the point, though. Right, I mean, that's I, where it's going. It may not be the book for me, though. I mean, I liked this this uh, this older Iron Fist. I liked the the them teaming up. Um, you I mean what? Did, Iron Fist did Logan? Uh, no, Orson Randall. Um, I um, I I I liked. I mean, I liked it. I but it was like I wanted more Danny Rand. You know, I, I missed the 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 first couple issues that were so great. Had him, you know, in the boardroom and the company and that all that kind of stuff. And this and I know this this issue wasn't about him. It was more about the Orson dude. But um, I thought it was a little light on what made the previous issues good. Right, exactly, which yeah, is why I enjoyed yeah. it the least amount of, the, of yeah. all the four issues so far. Yeah, you know, but it might, be, it might be necessary for the arc, though. Yeah, and Maybe. I think if you were to read this all at once, like when somebody gets the trade of this, this isn't going to feel like they're not focusing on Danny Rand, I don't think. Right, but we're, but right, but we're not reading an issue. No, I, yeah. I know that. Um, yeah. But in, so, I mean, in the larger sense of the story, this I mean, didn't bother me for, for those reasons. The only thing I was – I was just confused a little bit about what was going on. And the, the one other thing is they're sort of taking Danny Rand like he's – He's a, a neophyte, like a punk. Well, yeah. Like he's like he's just, and he's not. Yeah. He's well, 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 well. I mean, honestly, I don't know enough about Danny Rand to be, describe his characterization. I mean, I know he's been around since the '70s, so I mm-hmm. don't think he's like new on the block. But I think the the concept of him not being aware of the Iron Fist history, mm-hmm. and like, there's one point where the guy says, "What you think you're the only one?" Yeah, you know, which I thought was interesting. It's kind of like that that status quo changing, like, "Whoa, you mean they're you know like no, kind of like you know what Vaughn did, Doctor Strange." Right, exactly. Was, what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, kind of like in that same kind of thing, but I just read that. You know, so, yeah. I don't know. Why I, I did mean, they get rid of the booties? Because everyone hates the booties. The I booties love the ruled. booties. Yeah, I know. Booty, I'm pro-booties. <laughs> I'm very pro-booties. He had the booties in the Doctor Strange book. Yeah? Yeah, that one scene he was in, he had the, he had the booties on. Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. This is just boring. <laughs> did, you, did, you like, did you like anything this week? I had or? a good time reading comics this week. Well, what did you like, then? Um, hold on, I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> as he leaves, he just left the room. <laughs> I like I like Jonah Hex. I like uh, Detective Comics. I like Omega Flight. I like Fallen Sun. I like um, Buffy Vampire Slayer. I like Fifty Two. Fifty Two. All right, Fifty Two is a big issue for you. Yeah, Fifty Two. This is uh, finally Renee has done has, her arc is complete, and she is now the question. It just took forty eight weeks. I thought it was great. I thought it was a really great slow arc. Natural. Yeah, it was yeah. totally natural. She was she was reluctant at first. She didn't want to do it, and she finally. Came around and, ex- and, and embraced and was, it. And, and she was trying not to wear the mask right up to the end. Yeah. Yeah. But but when she put on the mask, I thought it was awesome. Like that one, that, that full splash page of her running with the, in the suit. You know, the, I think the, the chick in the, in the suit type thing is a little weird, but still. But I understand why. And, and But that page was great, and I thought it was good. Now, now my question is, did Batwoman die? I don't think that they resolved that. Right. Is this going to be another thing where, like... She got stabbed in the chest. At least they didn't act like she was dead... Only for us to find out she won't be. Right. They left it as like a cliffhanger. Because i got to tell you, after all that hullabaloo about introducing Yeah, exactly. Character, I was kind of shocked that, they, that if they, she is dead, that's what's going on. I would. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome if they do that. It means all those people spent all that time complaining for nothing. Yeah, I know. But it's, it also it's, means that Jesus is a gay character. We better get rid of her as quickly as possible. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? If it's, it's Greg Rucka writing this because he yeah. apparently he writes the Montoya parts pretty much solely. It's the only character... 
who only Rucker yeah. writes, I guess. What about, when you started this, were you like, hey, look at the art. It's different again. I went back, and I was like, oh, it's Derek Robertson. I think he was a little rushed. Yeah, I, I got the same feeling. I got the same feeling. You know, I was thinking about it, as, but it was still better than half the artists oh, that were on yeah. this book. I, I no, it, was it. it was still Here's good. Here's my thought what they should have done with the artists. They should have gotten him, Todd Nock, like a couple of the other artists who did a good job on these issues, and put them on an issue every six to seven or seven weeks. Just rotated, six, rotated six, six or seven art, artists and rotate, rotated that way, which they kind of did, but there was no consistency in the artists. But if, if, you know, if they can't do a monthly book, this is a weekly book, fine. Do it every six weeks, seven weeks or whatever. And if there was some level of consistency with the artists, I would have given – this would have – 52 as a whole would have been like so fantastic. Well, you know, I, so, I think that so the consistency was, was supposed to have been lent to by Giffen doing all the breakdowns. And in that which, sense, which, it read which, the same which, all the way through. Yeah, but I think that's I think that's a little too generous. I mean, it read the, I think the, the layouts. I don't really think the layouts affected the reading. I think it just helped the artists so they didn't have to worry about laying it out. And Giffen knows how to tell a story, so that, I mean that helps it too. Well, that's a big part but, of it, though. Yeah, but but there was no. But it was, the a t- it was more of a time saver than anything. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 I don't feel the layouts gave me consistency. So. Uh, I don't, you you have a much bigger problem in the art than I have. I, I yeah, really yeah, hasn't yeah. let it bother me in the least because the, yeah. because the yeah I haven't either because haven't Giffen really. did all the layouts, all the pacing, and everything was the same. And that's one of the big differences between artists, like the pacing of the storytelling in the in the right. Frames. But but I, but yeah no. But the thing is, I'm saying I have no problem with the pacing and the storytelling because Giffen did a good job. I was having a problem with the actual panels drawn. Yeah, I thought I thought a lot of them were lacking. You know, so. I think there's only been a few instances where the art's been so bad. I think for the most part, yeah. it's been so. Yeah, but it was like, you know what? Honestly, I, those weeks were the weeks that I had fun, where I could be at, like, Connor, look how bad this is. And it was, but you know, the stories were still good. I'm yeah. so <clears throat> sorry. Okay, I'm choking up apparently. <laughs> uh, I'm, I just I looked at it. I was like, 48. Shit. Yeah, we're almost four left. Yeah. I'm yeah, upset. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's Can you sad, imagine? Sad. We were we were screaming like, oh god, just end civil war, end it. I don't and, want this to be over. Well, hopefully Countdown will, will still it's not, that it, I mean, it's going to be good. It may be good. It, maybe it's going to be a different thing, though. Yeah. Like, it's really, re- like, it, at first we were kind of like, oh, yeah, it's it's those four. Remember when we hated it? It was Steel and it was, it was uh, yeah. in the beginning. How, how, how rare is it a thing that it starts off and you're just not sure about it and it so pays off? Very rare. It's such a rare thing. Well, what about, I mean, a, a similar book to that has been Ant Man. Ant Man, I stuck with it. Neither of you guys did. Yeah, I bailed. I never um, got it in the first place. I, I, this is it's Kirkman. He writes this this reprehensible character, and it feel it sounds to me like the people who are still reading it are are, are enjoying it. Basically, um, it, something does need to happen soon, but this issue was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, he steals the he steals the Ant Man suit, and his friend dies, and he's a scumbag, and 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 this time he he happens to drop into Miss Marvel's purse, nice. and he takes a nap because he's he's a lazy <laughs> scumbag and like he's like well let's see if I can catch her naked and then steal some stuff from her, like that's his thing and and he wakes up and he's like she's gone to he she's in a shield helicarrier so he follows her and he's holding on to her sash and he's looking at her butt, and he's behind her as they go into the first battle with the monsters from In Mighty Avengers number one, so this oh, is cool. one of those stories that takes place within the other story that you never knew was happening. Like tag oh, that's cool. I like that. I, I like exactly. That. Yeah, I, I love yeah. that when it's done well and every once in a while. Not all the time. Yeah. But uh, you know, Ooh, I might I might steal your copy and read that. And then the the fun the fun part is that so he gets thrown out of the battle, and like a couple of blocks down the road, he finds the uh, the black fox. Do you remember the black fox from Spider Man? He's an old man who's a cat burglar. Okay. Uh, 
and it's just one of those characters. Remember, like before, you were excited in some issue you saw the gray gargoyle. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. ooh, the black fox, who's a silly villain to me. He's, <laughs> he's a little old man with a big white mustache, and he's like a thief. And they have like a little fight, and you know, yeah, cool. It's 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 a fun book, and it, this one was drawn by Cory Walker. Oh, nice. Oh, of, nice. Of oh, Invincible. Maybe, maybe I'll pick it up. How about that? Maybe I'll come back. Uh, I, it's oh. fun. It sounds. It sounds like this. This. This issue is probably a jumping on point. Well, is, yeah. is, is this a miniseries or is it an ongoing? I believe it's. I think an it's an ongoing. Because uh, I know. I know the first six issues are coming out in digest form. Actually, digest. Nice. Size. Yeah. That's a trade. Yeah. So um, you I could jump on now because one thing that he does yeah. in this book is the first page is a big old uh, recap. recap by an ant. Jumping. It's a jumping on point then. Yep. So it's a good. Awesome. Book. Cool. I enjoy it. Excellent. Well, when the well, digests finally come out, you can go to comical.com because that's your best solution for discounted comics and trade paperbacks like digests. They've got all new Marvel, like Ant-Man, DC, Dark Horse, Image Books, and they're all 40% off. You can stop by their site each month. You can pre-order their books, or you can get a subscription service and have them automatically sent to you every month. In addition to the current comics, you can get an excellent selection of trade paperbacks and old stuff, and they're all 30 to 50% off, too. Check out Comical.com and let us know if you have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> you were on a roll there, and then you just kind of fell off the rails. I slipped on the banana peel. Uh, they, they do good work. They got good prices. Yeah. yeah, it's a nice. What more can he ask for? It's a, it's a, it's not a behemoth monster store, so you know, yeah. you're not, it's not an evil corporate overlord. Why not go? So comichole.com, c o m i c h o l e dot com, from their home hole to your home. Thank you All very right. much, Comical. Cool. So let's uh, let's dive into the email bag. Um, our first email comes from Sergio B, um, who loves the podcast. Thank you very much, Sergio. Um, and he loves it when um, he he does get some weird looks from the people around him when he's listening when he laughs out loud at the weird guy's lame British accent. That would be me, the weird guy. Yes, yeah. that's you. And it's um, lame. Uh, he heard us talking about um, asking if teenagers um, listen, and he's writing in to tell us that he's actually eleven, which makes him a preteen or a tween. And he a tween, <laughs> and he challenges us to find someone younger than him who listens to the podcast. Oh God, I hope not. So. Yeah. All you eight, nine, ten-year-olds, I know you're out there. If you're listening to the podcast, write in. Let us know that you're younger than Sergio. No. Get permission. We're skewing younger. We're gonna start getting sponsors <laughs> from like from like Kenner. So, is Kenner still in business? No, they're not. Mattel, <laughs> Mattel and Hasbro. Gonna, oh, I just dated myself. I, I'm pretty sure that our current audience will still be able to get something out of those manufacturers. Yeah, I, well. I think so too. So um, Sergio writes in and tell us, uh, asking us if any of us have read Amazing Spider Girl. Um, having read and enjoyed everything from Archie comics to V for Vendetta, what? Amazing Spider-Girl is easily his favorite title. Each issue is good jumping on point and has the feel of a Silver Age book, yet feels modern. Is all ages. Um, parentheses, not for kids, which is a subtle difference. I think the reason to pick it up is that they think it's a kiddie book, which it isn't. More people should read this great book. Keep up the great work on the podcast. Okay, here's my theory. Surprisingly sophisticated for a that, that Sergio B. is actually Tom DeFalco. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get to garner some support for Amazing Spider-Girl. Is he still writing that? I don't think, I think so. so. I'm sorry. Oh, is he? I don't know. Anyway, that but um, Sergio is it, it's still around. Yeah, yeah. it keeps. It's it's kind of like Marvel. It's kind of like Marvel's version of Manhunter. Every time they try to kill it, they they bring it back. It's amazing. So. How does an eleven year old know about Silver Age? I and V for Vendetta. I think that's you should um, be I'm, reading V for Vendetta. And how does and when I was eleven, I didn't know the subtle differences of anything. <laughs> you still I knew with the differences between gums. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I liked I Kit this- Kat, but I liked I liked Milky Way more. I knew the subtle difference between Donruss and Fleer. <laughs> God. Anyway, but um, yeah, I've heard good things about Amazing Spider Girl. I've never read it. No. 
Um, but I hear it's good for kids. So if you're 10 and you're younger than Sergio... Oh, God, or, don't listen if you're 10. You're, or if you're 45 and pretending to be 11, and when you're not on MySpace, go read Amazing Spider-Girl. Oh, God. I, I have a long-time dislike of Tom DeFalco. For no reason. No, no, it's not for no reason. It's like Why? the worst issues that I ever read were his stuff. Really? Yeah, I just like would buy a book, and it was like Tom DeFalco. It was like a fill-in, and he'd been doing it. And he was just so old-school Marvel... I yeah, just I like him do not like was, his work, and I he was he was a good editor in chief. I've seen stuff where he's at panels, and he's like, I don't like all this talking and relationship stuff. People want to see superheroes hit each other. <laughs> That's a different time. I know, and it's not for me. <laughs> well, he's gonna write in piss to Sergio. Wally from Center Reach, Long Island. Woo! Sorry. Do you know where that is, Ron? I know where that is. I used to shop they, for records in Center. People Reach. put LA like it's a state. It is. It's not. It's. Uh... Anyway, I recently, he writes in and says, I recently picked, wanted to pick up all the old X-Men comics, but when I look online for X-Men comics, all I get are Uncanny X-Men and X-Men Volume 2. So now here are his questions. Number one, why did they change the name during the first run of X-Men? Okay, I don't exactly know why they changed the name of the, um, uh, during the first run, and by the first run he means Uncanny. Uh, what happened was is that issues, um, issue number one of Uncanny X-Men in 1963 was just X-Men, and it was just X-Men until about issue 114 or so, and that's when they started putting uh, the Uncanny in front of X-Men, and then they officially changed the title with issue number 42. I think it was one of those things where it was kind of like a Stan Lee witticism, like the Uncanny Well, they were doing that with all, like those Incredible Iron Man, those Yeah, Spider-Man. exactly, Incredible Hulk, yeah, or, yeah the Mighty Avengers. Oh, Invinci- stuff like I mean, that. Invincible Iron Man. Yeah. Uncanny. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. Uncanny is awesome. They're totally uncanny. I love that word. What, is, anyway, what, does, that, um, what does that mean? Because when nope, somebody weird, has an uncanny resemblance, yeah. I guess it's yeah. weird. It's weird. It's weird. I mean, it's weird. Yeah. 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 Number two. So, um, we got more. Well, no, hang on, hang on. We hang got on. lots so of questions. Just, I know. I'm finishing All the right. answer. <laughs> Go ahead. So issue number one forty two is when they podcast. is when they officially changed it. Moving on. All right. Go. Number two. What happened to X Men Volume One? What is X Men Volume Two? X-Men Volume 1 is basically Uncanny X-Men, so X-Men number 1, 1963, through Uncanny X-Men, most current issues, Volume 1. X-Men Volume 2 is the X-Men that launched in 1991 with Jim Lee and Chris Claremont, and is currently, and for a brief time, was new X-Men when Morrison was writing it, and is back to just regular old adjectiveless X-Men. But isn't there a new X-Men also now? Yeah, n- new X-Men, but that's new X-Men. Oh my god, I've got a X-Men. headache. Alright, whatever, move on. No, I mean, that's a lot of different changes. Yeah, yeah no, it's tough. No. The, the, but honestly, Morrison fucked it all up, to be honest with you, so... He did. Number three is X Men Volume Two, the current X Men I read today, the one yes. about to reach issue two hundred. Yes. Okay. Number four at my bookstore they have an X Men Legends Volume One, Mutant Genesis. Is that X Men Volume One or Volume Two? If it's Volume Two, are they all all the rest of them in Volume Two in a trade paperback form I can pick up somewhere? Or do I have to buy them in single issue form because I want to collect all the Volume Two X Men? Go to comicult.com <laughs> and you can find all your X Men needs. <laughs> but what's that? Our next. What is X Men Volume next... Two? You don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what X-Men Legends is. I thought it was a video game. Go ahead. <laughs> Our next email comes from William from New York, New York. Ooh, it's an East Coast podcast. A quick thought. It seems as if every week Brian Bendis comes up on the old podcast, and as such, I'm compelled to see what you might think if you might think – whoa, I can't read anymore. I'm compelled to see if you might think, as I do, that his predilection towards idiosync- idiosyncratic banter and flashback sap some of his attempts to tell solid stories – Seems to me that whenever I pick up a Bendis book, there is a double gimmick of trademark smart-ass repartee between two characters, latest New Avengers, for example, followed by a time shift that most, most likely serves, uh, mo- that mostly serves to kill pacing. Mighty Avengers is another example. Bendis has so many strengths as a storyteller, so I hate getting distracted in the middle of a good Brian M- Michael Bendis comic by devicey techniques. I'd- what say you, Fandral, Hogan, and Volstagg? Who can I be, Fandral? Sure, I'm Volstagg. Fatty. Uh, what's uh, wrong with say? We can't read. 
Uh, I can't read. And and William uses big words. Repartee. Yeah, but you know what he did? Predilection. What? He contradicted himself. Yes. He did what Bendis does. Because he said, he said... (laughs) He said he's he hates getting distracted. Uh, he has so many strengths, but then the things that he named to me are his strengths. Yeah, that's what Bendis is the, known for. The right. time shift well, and the repartee and the and the dialogue. The, that's why I like Bendis. But I could see what he's saying is that by using it too much or using it in too tight of a space, it could take away from the other strengths. And I know that. And, and I know well, what that other Bendis, strengths? Well, Those are the strengths. Well, his strengths are also dialogue. Well, that's, what, I mean, that's, like, that's, yeah. that's what he's complaining about. I could see. I could see with these examples of New Avengers and Mighty Avengers. I could see. I could see. The, I think the complaint has validity, but I don't agree with it. But I could see where he's coming from because I feel as if Bendis has also been doing this for how many years now? He's been writing Marvel books for seven, eight years. I think he's trying to stretch his legs and play with it a little. Definitely. And and that might be a little different than what you're used to. You know. So. I mean, but, but basically, what you're saying bugs you. Doesn't really bug me. I guess. Well, yeah. Any of us? No. Yeah. This is really yeah. what I like about him. Um, I think this is going to be a resurgent year for Bendis. I get this feeling. I, th- I agree. Yeah, I think he's been he's been held back yeah. for a while. And it's 2006, late. he got buried by Civil War. I think 2007, yeah. he's coming out strong. And 2005, he he missed with House of M. Oh, I said it. Ooh, ouch. So. Ooh, yeah, but he got right. to do it, and it still is. Yeah, it's, they're still feeling it's it. Resonant. Today. It's still resonant. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. So. And he, you know what he did with House of M? What is he 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 retconned? Or whatever the Grant Morrison stuff you hate, so I don't know what yeah, you no, want. True, true, true. I know. I, I want 1987 back. It's so <laughs> That's what I want. I thought, I thought you'd want 86 back. Mark Silvestri. Uh, Vee. Silvestri's no. Silvestri's run on X Men was great, dude. I'll pull out those issues and show you. They were good. He back when he didn't care about Hollywood, he could draw. That that motherfucker could draw. Yeah, I had those actually. I liked yeah. them. Anyway, next. V Smith writes in. One of you is reading Wolverine Origins. Yeah, well, I listen to the podcast. And said that you said that the writer needs to give up writing Wolverine. Why? This is Casada World, where if the title makes money, it doesn't matter what retarded shit Marvel pushes out. So if they're reading Wolverine Origins for the pretty pictures or otherwise, you're supporting the bad of the good. That's fucking retarded. I've always believed. The eleven-year-old is listening. Okay, hang on here. All right, I got a little response here because I'm the one reading Wolverine Origins. Yes. All right. I've previously stated that I think Daniel Way is doing an awful job on it. It needs to stop writing it. I've also stated that I love Steve Dillon and show me a book that Steve Dillon is drawing on a monthly basis and I'll buy that book. Okay? So, admittedly, I am drawing for the pretty pictures because, hey, that's half of the comics. They're words and pictures. Sometimes the pictures are sucky and the words are great, and sometimes the words are great and the pictures are sucky, and sometimes they're both good. All right? So that's the first thing. So I'm okay with buying it to see Steve Dillon's art because I can't see it anywhere else. Secondly, the point, and I'm, and I'm tired of this point. Is that saying that if you don't like it or a book's bad, don't buy it because you're just supporting it. I understand where that comes from conceptually, but here's the problem, and this is how screwed up our comics world is. What you buy doesn't matter. Yep. What, what matters is what, how many copies your store orders. When we talk about the sales numbers and stuff like that, the only numbers they count are the numbers that the stores order. Okay. And guess what? A book's got Wolverine on it. Every store is ordering that book, whether it's good or bad. And there's nothing I can do about it, so me not buying it – to, to make a statement about Daniel Way's writing isn't going to do shit, okay? Will three issues later. 
it, 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 it might, but the thing is, is that unless I'm part of some letter writing campaign or some sort of online petition or something like that to get everyone to mobilize to either buy or not buy a book, it's not going to matter. And even when that happens, the books still get canceled or the books still keep going. I mean, how many, I mean, you, you've got a book like Manhunter, which everybody loves at DC, which is supposed to be great, which has gotten canceled three times already, and luckily it's come back. But for every Manhunter, there's been books that have been great, that are really quality, that, that the stores didn't order because it's some character that's not a lead character, so they didn't order enough, and even though you wanted it, you couldn't buy it. So I guess, the, I guess the point of this is I understand where you're coming from, and I really wish that our dollars had enough power in this industry, but unfortunately they don't, and that's all Steve Jeppe's fault. I don't know if that's entirely true. Because eventually it will – if people don't buy the book, eventually people will uh, – If you've been to those little tiny stores, they just buy heavy on the Marvel – and books for yeah, the big mean, Marvel characters. That, and they just, what about that old, that old store in Brooklyn? Yeah, they just – the stacks yeah. and stacks of, of, Wolf, of Wolverine and X-Men books that nobody mm-hmm. bought, but they were there because that's what the little stores buy. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not defending that. I don't think that's right either, but unfortunately that's the way the fucked up distribution system works. Yeah, but if if people did all stop buying stuff that was like if everybody really hated Daniel Way, then four or five issues in, or stores would say, "Hey, wait a minute, people aren't buying this," and they would order less. R- conceptually, right? Well, but no, they had, I mean, they're not going to like right. if, if they didn't sell the first three issues when when previews comes up again, they're not going to order a shitload of them on the fourth and fifth issue. They just won't. It won't make any sense. Right, now, again, conceptually, but I, I don't think that happens as easily with the Wolverine Well, Wolverine books sell. That's the problem. Right, yeah, right, exactly. But if yeah, people didn't so. buy them, they wouldn't be selling, and therefore there's yeah. your thing. Right, but – Either way, I, I mean the, if you like the artist and you don't like the writer, I don't buy it for yeah. the art. I don't care. That's Yeah, fine. exactly. Yeah, that's why I don't think there's a problem However, with buying it. However, like wait, but. I get my chance at him too. Yeah. This is Quesada world where if a title makes money, it doesn't matter what retarded shit Marvel pushes out. Okay, seriously, tell me a better time that Marvel Comics is better overall than right now. But with another 19, editor in chief, nineteen sixty one through nineteen sixty seven. Right, in our lifetimes, there is not a. There, <laughs> no, I know, I'm kidding. I'm there is <laughs> there is not a, a a a there's there's not a bad like streak going through Marvel. Marvel doesn't suck right now. Marvel sucked eight years ago. Yeah, Marvel sucked yeah. eight they years sucked. ago. They sucked. They were unreadable. Given what we've gone through in the past twenty years, this is a renaissance of Marvel. I, and I it's been good that. for years. Yeah. It's been so good. What does people have against this guy? He's making right. comics successful again. Hush. But at the at the same time, I don't. I mean, I, at the same time, we can't discount, and DC does it too. Is the fact that, and we mentioned this on on the site this week with the, some of the sales numbers, is that as much as we love these stories and we love these characters and have emotional connections to them, to the companies, it's dollar signs. Oh yeah, it's dollar signs. Exactly. Well, exactly. How, if he, and, if he was any other way than than than, than published, continuing to publish successful books, money wise, yeah. he'd be a bad yeah. he'd be a bad editor in chief. Exactly. Because the thing is, is that you could put. You could put Bendis and um, Maleev on Iron Fist, and it might sell really well, but it's not going to sell as good as Daredevil did. You know what I mean? Like the thing is that they're going to go with their lead characters, the ones that people know and can recognize, and and because those are what ultimately is going to sell. Wolverine's going to have 17 books with him on the cover every month. I'm, I'm an old diehard X-Men fan, and I'm a diehard Wolverine fan. Even I get a little sick of it, but I know that's what sells because there's for the for the 30,000 of us that are online and passionate about this stuff, there are 75,000 people who are just like, I like that dude with the claws. <laughs> you know? Well, it, but I mean, the other thing is like, by and large, though, you know, the books under Marvel are, are good. Yeah, you're, you're they, totally right. they don't suck. They don't put out stuff yeah. that sucks. I think they're generally trying to make good comic books because good comic yeah. books sell better. Yeah, on balance, they're, they're much more on the positive side than the negative. Yeah. We're ornery this week. Yeah. Um, if you if you think we're ornery, you can write us and tell us at contact.ifanboy.com. I think you you um, flipped two letters in that word, but I'm going to move on. 
Huh. It's ornery. Ornery? Yep. What's ornery? It's not a it's word. It's not a word, is it? Oh, it's okay. the French way of saying Henry. <laughs> Ooh, All right, cool. Patrick smacks one out of the park. <laughs> All right, our first email. Um, our first voicemail. You are <laughs> wrong tonight. Oh, my God. Our first, the 75th our first... show is cursed. <laughs> We're just downhill. Who ran our over a gypsy vo- in the way in here? Just play the voicemail. Hey, fanboys, it's Sean calling from Southern California. Hey, i got a question for you. I was at my local shop today, and they have instituted what is a wonderful thing, in my opinion, the quarter bin. And I spent uh, far too much time and far too many quarters sorting through it. So my question is this. Uh, are you guys purveyors of the quarter bin? And if so, what has been your best find to date? Uh, I didn't find anything great, but I found some old issues of Promethean. Given the video um, last week, I think I'll be picking those up next time I'm in. And also, Ron, for the love of everything that is holy, go out and pick yourself up Exile on Main Street. If you don't like it, give it two weeks or so. I'll donate to iFanboy the 15 bucks you wasted. Talk to you later, fellas. Bye-bye. All right, we'll start with this last one and then the first one. Um, I don't like the Rolling Stones. I've listened to Exile on Main Street. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I didn't know what you, he was you, talking about. That was I thought a comic it was, book. Yeah. I was so I did confused. too. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's, it was, there was a discussion on the site about my distaste for the Rolling Stones. I think it came up in the video. It's, I said it sometime. It made yeah. some off thing about not liking the Rolling you Stones. You said it on one of the video I, shows. Yeah, Alan Moore. Yeah, l- listen, listen. I, I've had people who are much closer to me than you, uh, Sean, try to get me to like the Rolling Stones. It's just not going to happen. So, I'm um, sorry. He is, he um, is almost 30. He's, he's had a chance to listen to it. Yeah, no, and I, yeah, I worked in a record store, so yeah. Um, quarter bin, I, like, do you think that the quarter bin concept is new? Because, because <laughs> the quarter bin, like, I grew up it's, in the quarter bin. It's older than Keith like, Richards. Yeah, I know exactly. Um, I can't even tell you my best find from a quarter bin because I bought so I bought Alpha Flight, I bought all the Amazing Spider Mans. I bought back in the day you could buy like all, all your back issues were all in the quarter bins. Of course, they were in shitty condition. I think it's funny now that like Prometheus in the quarter bins. Everything. I mean, Didn't because sell. there's no back issue sales anymore. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think I love the quarter. I said last week that I hadn't bought a back issue in ten years, but that, I thought about that, and that actually wasn't right. That that was from a store. I bought stuff on eBay, but like, you know, I haven't bought I haven't bought a back issue from a store in yeah. in forever. Probably. It's funny. I have yeah. no high patience school. for quarter bins. Really? I, oh, for whatever reason, I, I never have, just because I don't know what anything is. So. Maybe that's how you can find out for a quarter. <laughs> it's not. It's not the money. It's like, great. Yeah. There's a stack of books here that I'm not gonna have time to get to or whatever. Because yeah. I buy a lot of books anyway. Yeah, I guess. Oh. But you know, missing miss out. Good stuff. But na- but I'm curious as to what's in now. I mean, I, every now and then. Hey, I I'm buying it. the trades and I'm supporting the industry now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Our next voicemail comes from the Pacific Northwest. Hey guys, this is Jim DiBartolo from Portland, Oregon. Um, how you doing? I'd, I've been a big fan of the uh, the podcast for a while, and uh, saw your video cast uh, today for the Civil War uh, wrap up. Uh, that was great. I love the production quality, and uh, it was just fantastic. Uh, anyhow, uh, I listen to your show while I sit here and uh, draw and color and ink and everything. For uh, I'm working on stuff with uh, Dark Horse right now, and I see on your boards that you. Um, have uh, a request for uh, asking for trade recommendations. And I notice you guys um, don't uh, seem to recommend uh, or talk about, um, not that you don't like them necessarily, but don't talk about uh, stuff from Dark Horse very often. I know um, they do have some really good stuff out. And I, I when you talk about uh, best trades and stuff, I notice you don't talk about Hellboy um, 
uh, ever that I can recall. Um, and uh, I see on your your uh, message board you're asking for suggestions, and uh, I recommend uh, especially the early Hellboy stuff. Um, and also Rex Mundy, which is what I'm doing a fill-in issue for uh, for Dark Horse right now. I recommend that as well. Um, but anyhow, uh, you guys are awesome and love the show, uh, both versions of it, and uh, keep up the, the great work. Okay, bye-bye. Connor, what was it you were saying about Dark Horse earlier? Uh, yes. Wow, that, that, one, that one bit us in the ass really quickly. <laughs> we didn't even get the show out before. <laughs> yes. I like the instant feedback. Uh. <laughs> how, did, how did he know? <laughs> well, he's, he's referring to I put up a thread because I, I want to I get some new stuff. And a lot of people have said that I should get uh, Hellblade or Hellboy. Hellboy. Yeah, um, I agree with them. I I'll be honest. Uh, I've I've read some Hellboy here and there, and while I I do think from an artistic standpoint, I think it's absolutely beautiful. I'm I've never gotten into it very much because I don't really like supernatural stories, and I don't like monsters and stuff like what that. What do you know. like? I know. Jesus. I like. You know you should have done. You know you should have done that post. What you didn't do was tell them what you did like. Well, because yeah. you know what? I I didn't do that on purpose. Because I wanted to hear what kind of things people were into, and I wanted to maybe get surprised by something. But like supernatural monsters and stuff like that, I'm not doing. I was like, well, I was gonna. I like historical fiction, but I don't know how much of that there is. Right. Um, I got a lot I of think, great recommendations, by the way, and there will be forthcoming. You know, I mean, Hellboy is good, and actually, I sometimes I feel bad that we don't get Dark Horse as much love as we probably should. And to be honest with you, I was flipping through the Buffy comic, and I saw the ad for uh, that BPRD book, which is like the backup book to Hellboy, like the whole organization. And yeah. from what I've seen of Guy Davis's art, like it's really good. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of curious about that book. I might go pick some stuff up. Well, you know, we have... did. We well, just real quick, we did pick the Escapist as one of our books of the year, 2005. Yeah, so six. So point. you know, we did give Dark yeah. Horse some love there. They should get Brian yeah. Brian Vaughn more work, and then we'll. Yeah. Talk about them more. But Connor, you have uh, Rex Mundy, right? A couple of the trades. Yeah, I have one. I, I want to read one. that. Okay. okay. I'm borrowing your book. Well, there we go. Done. Excellent. We've made a love connection. Yeah. It's just between you and um, me, we already knew each other. Man love. Oh. <laughs> All right, and here's our last voicemail. Hey, guys. Left a message a second ago. It was terrible. Got totally jumbled in what I was saying. So I'm going to try it again if you maybe want to cut it up or splice it, add it on the podcast. So here we go. Hey, I fanboys. This is Matt from Simi Valley, California. Hey, I was wondering with the new Ultimates book coming out, um, I was wondering what you thought of Joe Mad's art. I love his stuff, but he's just, I know that he's a really late artist. He he was doing Battle Chasers when I was in junior high, and I really, really like his stuff. So didn't know what you thought of that. And uh, for Connor, um, you might want to pick up uh, – JLA 7 just cuz um I think this is getting to be the part to where he to where it's what he wanted it to be it's more like just a society you know getting the group together and everything so all right love the podcast guys keep it up bye bit me ass again this is really freaking me it out because we get these voicemails before we do the show and how they knew that we were talking about this stuff is really kind of odd it's kind of freaking me out well, so it's a JLA uh, issue it's not like it's not like he wasn't going to buy it he went out on a limb to buy it. <laughs> I think we're gonna check out this Justice League. Book. Like we'd be taping the show, and he'd be going, Shh, "I missed that." Oh damn! <laughs> well, he's he's right that it is it is way more of what I was looking for. Sure, just, yeah. just not enough. Sure. But it's just that, with the whole justice. Yeah. So, but this other question about Joe Mad on um the on the Ultimates. I'm actually really excited because I too really like Joe Maduria. Maduria, whatever. Maduria. He's from Long Island or lives on Long Island, so represent again. And um, but also from what I understand, from what I've heard about the book, is that he's on like issue five or six or seven by now. 
Like they they did the work way in advance. Well, that's because it's going to be four years till the the first one they're on now finishes. Very good point. But they're finally doing what I've been saying, which is get the books in the can before you solicit them and put them out. Like even Ed McGinnis is starting on Ultimates Volume Volume Three. Well, or again, four, they've whatever. got a four year lead time. Right. Exactly. I, I somehow so. missed that whole Joe Mad craze. Um, yeah, that, that, that was the time I wasn't yeah. reading any X Men books whatsoever. He, yeah, he was on. He, he was great on Uncanny. And actually, I mean, I wasn't really into the content of, of Battle Chasers, but it looked beautiful. I remember. Movie, remember so. the time people were saying it was very weird and manga ish. It was. I it was like those back it, issues right when I first started reading comics again. But I couldn't tell you anything about what the story was, except the girl had gigantic boobs. What in what book? Battle Chasers. Like because that was the oh right yeah the redhead that was yeah, the yeah, huge yeah. big book rate right yeah. when I started reading comics again like that, was that whole Danger line Girl. with Telios and Danger Girl and yeah that was yeah, the what was that what was that line called uh, cliffhanger cliffhanger yeah cliffhanger that's what it was um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean I couldn't even tell if you held up his his work but with a bunch of yeah. other random works like it was a police lineup I couldn't t- pick it out so I have no idea what to oh expect. I'll show you, I'll show it to you his, some some of his X Men work is really good it's, I mean he, he he was he was a he was a beacon of light in a very dark time for the X Men. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Dark and, and, from Marvel and apparently he's got a massive mm. Xbox gamer score. No, that's conjecture. Well, well, no. Well, what's funny is that I mean, what's funny is that he basically left comics for years, and he did a, a lot of design work for video games. Yep. I mean, like he he was one of the he was honestly one of the the um, the pioneers from comics to the mm. comics to video game jump. He was doing it in the late nineties. Wasn't he sort of was... known for like Battle Chasers, but was ridiculously late because he was a huge celebrity superstar yeah. artist, and he just wasn't doing it. Yeah, pretty much. So. All right, cool. Well, if you um, want to call us and leave us a voicemail, you can call one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. We take all comments, um, criticisms, and all apparently and psychic voicemails. Exactly. Someone, please tell me the lotto numbers next week, because um, <laughs> I need some money. You anyway. will find a man with a horse. <laughs> Whoa! What? <laughs> it was a psychic prediction. I you are it. crazy. Freaky. Believe All right, so um, I think that wraps it up, guys. Yeah. So uh, let's 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 start let's off. start easing let's start easing her out. Uh, go to ifanboy.com if you want to talk about any of the books that we haven't discussed. There's lots of other ones to talk about, and you can post there on the Peck Pick a Week thread and discuss it with everybody else, or you can do it at the ifanboy forums, which are at rev3.com. What's also at revision3.com. Yeah, sorry, I um, that. Revision3.com. What's also at revision3 is our lovely video podcast, which comes out every Wednesday around 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Lovely is the word and, I would use. And uh, on it, you can see on a weekly basis our thoughts, musings, opinions, and sometimes some creators uh, stop by the old iFanboy Clubhouse. Um, so check it out uh, every Wednesday at iFanboy.com or revision3.com slash iFanboy. Uh, you could go to the spaces, as I've, as I've started calling them. Uh, myspace.com slash ifanboy uh, and comicspace.com slash ifanboy and we want you to be our friends. We do. And and and, and post your funny musings because we enjoy them and they amuse us. <laughs> it's all about musing this week. Yes. <laughs> um, you can also go to dig.com um, and iTunes and Podcast Alley and all these other sites and where you can dig us or vote for us or leave reviews and comment about the show and all that kind of stuff and it's a fun time. And if you like the shows you want to throw us some gas money you can go to donate... Go donate some cash. You can go to ifanboy.com slash donations, or you can click on the donate box on the website and uh, we, PayPal. Because we need – have you seen those gas prices? My God. Yeah. $3, Three by my house. It was ridiculous. Yeah, anyway. Um, so now we're old men. Yeah. You just, you just, get off, you just got rid get of off the, my lawn. You just got rid of the 11-year-old. He's like, no, they sound like my dad. I'm not listening anymore. <laughs> we have cars. But we're on MySpace. Yeah, we're on MySpace. Your, your dad's not on MySpace. So we're all things to all people all at once? Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. And the power we wield is enormous then. 
and very little at the same time. <laughs> That's also true. It's a paradox. So. It's like time travel. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, <laughs> I think that's it. So I'm Ron. I'm Connor. Josh I'm passed Josh. out. <laughs> Josh has nothing with you. He to said say. paradox, and it threw me way off. Because <laughs> I was like, wait, so if Marty travels back and sees Oh, God, no. <laughs> not down that hole. Oh.